Bible let us know. Uh, but we are reading from the New Testament. And so I'm going to jump around. It's John chapter number 4. We're going to stay in John 4, but we're going to go 3 through 9. I'm just going to tell you 3 through 9, 15 through 19, 28 through 30, and 39 through 42. And so you're going to see it on the screen. It will jump around a little bit, the different scriptures. And just there's a lot that's happening in this chapter, but I just want to give you some of the main parts of what is happening so you get an understanding before we go into the word of the Lord. How many are thankful to be here on a Wednesday evening? I honor you today. I mean that sincerely. I honor you today. The Bible says this, speaking of Jesus, he left Judea and he departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. It was a necessity for him. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied, somebody say he was weary, from his journey he sat there by the well and it was about noon, it was about the sixth hour, so it was about noon. When you, when you read that, you say it was the six hours. Six hours from what? The day would have started at 6 a.m. So whenever you're reading through your Bible and you say it was the sixth hour, it was the ninth hour, it was this, where do you start? You start at 6 a.m. Somebody say amen. How many love to start at 6 a.m.? How many prefer to start at 8.35? Amen, amen. Thought so. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus says to her this. This is what Jesus says. Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria, this is an amazing conversation that is unfolding. Then the woman of Samaria says to Jesus, "Um, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings. With Samaritans. Okay. Keep that in mind. Verse number 15. Then the woman said to him, Sir, Jesus is talking to her about water. Said, if you would give me drink, this water right here will only last so long. But what I can give you will never end. And she looks back at him and she says, Sir, give give me, in verse number 15, I'm sorry. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. She said, I want that. I I want that. I I want that so I don't have to get thirsty and I don't have to come here to draw. She's thinking in the physical. He's speaking in the spiritual. Verse number 16 says this. Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman says, "Uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, yep, you don't have a husband. Talk about a test. Have you ever felt like the Lord was testing you? You ever felt like, uh, hold on, you, you, you know everything about me. Why are you playing me like this? What exact, I mean, just think about it for just a moment. In this context, we think about it as, oh, reading a story. Think about it. You are that woman. You're standing there. And Jesus says, yeah, go call your husband. And you're like, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, I know. You're like, oh, hold on. We just met. How do you know this about me? Verse number 17, uh, 18, for you, and then he goes on. Then he goes on to tell her some business. It wasn't like he just knew. He's like, you know, I don't just know that uh, you don't have a husband, but I know about the other guys that used to be your husbands. For you have had five husbands, 
And the one you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. He said, you were being honest. I'm acknowledging, I'm bringing something up to the surface and you are acknowledging it. This is something that is important because before you ever go on to transformation, before you ever go on to anything that happens in her life or in there in Samaria, you have to deal with what was brought to the surface. Can you be honest with God about what is brought to the surface? He says, you've told me the truth. Now we can move on. The woman said to him, sir, and she's brilliant. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. He's like, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Verse number 28 through 30 says this. Then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and she says to the man there, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And verse number 39 Almost done here. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Why? Because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And verse, verse number 42 is one, if you could take a hold of, if you can focus on, I pray that it would be something that you remember. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not because of what you said, but for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. With the help of the Lord for the next few minutes this evening, I, I want to speak to you on this very simple thought. Believe it for yourself. Believe it for yourself. You can hold your Bible. You can put it down however you're comfortable praying. But would you pray with me one more time? Lord, we are so grateful today for your goodness, for your mercy. God, for access to you, to call upon your name, to know that you listen and you care for us. God, we don't dismiss that. We don't take it lightly. And Lord, as we journey through your word, we know that it could stand all by itself, but you allow us this opportunity. And I pray, God, uh, an anointing upon this congregation. And I praise you and anoint them that you would anoint me, remove error from my mind and from my mouth, help me to speak what you want me to say today. And let you and you alone be the difference that is made in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout his name. Believe it for yourself. I love what is happening here from the very beginning. The Bible says you can be seated. The Bible doesn't say that, but you can be seated. <laughs> the Bible should have said that. Amen. <laughs> from the very beginning, we see what is happening. The Bible says that he had to go. He needed to go through Samaria geographically, yes, he needed to go there. Maybe he could have gone around, but we have come to find out through scripture in this story that there was a purpose to why he was going to Samaria. This was a place that other people would walk away from, other Jews. This was a place that the Jews would not want to find themselves communicating with because of the differences, the way that they believed. The, the Samaritans were half Jews and half Gentiles. They worshiped differently. They, they thought differently. They acted differently. And because of that, 
They treated each other differently. But I'm so thankful today that you and I serve a God that does not look at anybody else's prejudices and say, that's how I am. He doesn't look at the way that somebody thinks and says, well, I guess I'm confined to that. He doesn't look and say, well, I must, they must dictate to me how I can operate. No, the God that you and I serve looks in the middle of whatever cultural differences there are, in the middle of whatever differences you have brought in, and says, I will work and I will walk into any situation regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your past, regardless of your family tree, regardless of what city you're from, regardless of what country you represent, it does not matter to the Jesus that you and I serve. I'm thankful for that on this Wednesday because you and I serve a God that has created all things. You and I, cre- you and I serve a God that has created everyone. And so though people may see differences, the God that you and I serve does not. The God that you and I serve sees each and every one of you, even though we have our differences and even though some of them are obvious, it does not matter to him. You and I were created by him. You and I were created in his image. And that's why there is a love that is real. That's why there should be a love amongst the people, one for another. We are the creation of God. I don't got time to get caught up in everybody else's differences. I don't got time to get caught up and offended and what everybody else is thinking and doing. You're going to be different. There's going to be some challenges, but I'm thankful to God that I can walk into a church and serve him alongside people that are different, people that come from different family trees and different backgrounds and different scenarios, but you and I are created in the image of God. You're my brother. You're my sister. There's going to be things that I do that will annoy you, and you will annoy me. I'm sure of it. However, You and I are in this together. We are created in the image of God. Let that be a message that influences in the workplace. Let that be a message that influences in our community. Let that be a message that resonates with people that are witness to your life. Jesus is making his way. It does not matter to him that it is Samaria. He is proving something to them. I can imagine the disciples following him, talking about, why are we going this way? Maybe we should go around. You know, this isn't really going to look good for our reputation. As soon as we post this on Instagram, people are going to see our location. As they stop for a selfie on the way to In-N-Out, Samaria. What are you doing in Samaria? I need to be there. I love that about God because he will intentionally go out of his way and get in the way of everybody else's thoughts to reach one person. I want somebody to hear that. I want somebody to hear that because we feel and we think Though we know God is so great and he is so awesome, sometimes we feel like he is too busy for you and I. Sometimes we feel like, God, you've got too much going on. There's no way you could care about me. Look at my situation. Look at my circumstance. But if I can just kindly remind you, not my own thoughts, but what the Bible shows. He says, I need to go to Samaria. Why? Because there's going to be a woman at the well. She's not going to be perfect. 
She's not going to have it all together. She's not Christian of the year. Nobody even knows her name, but I need to make my way there because he has a love for even just one. Not perfection, not somebody that has it all together, but somebody that is in need of him. And he does not stop. He doesn't stop to ask the disciples. He doesn't stop to ask what everybody else thinks. Is this okay? No. I don't care if it's okay with you or you. There's somebody that needs me and I'm going to make my way through whatever I have to make my way through to get to them. Be encouraged. Your mess doesn't stop God. Be encouraged. Your differences doesn't block him. It doesn't block him. And as he makes his way, I move quickly. The Bible says this, that he gets there. It's about the sixth hour, as we talked about. So it's about noon. And this is what the Bible shows us, that he finds himself, he is weary, and he sits at the well. Picture this, because we know this. He is all of God and he is all of man. He is as human as you and I are. His body, he is there. And the Bible says that he is weary and he sits down at the well. A moment of rest. A moment to refresh himself. A moment to just have some time for himself. The disciples are on their way, as the Bible says. They're on their way to get food. He is left alone. You would think you've walked all this way. You've journeyed all these miles. Surely the humanity of Jesus needs rest. But what a beautiful example. Because God has showed us again and again that he ministers through inconvenience. He is weary. He is tired. He has journeyed. He has sweated. He has walked. I'm sure there's blisters on his feet. I'm sure there's much that he has gone through. But now he has found himself simply resting at the well. This is not the time for revival. This is not the time for the miraculous. This is a time simply for him to rest. Unless you understand Jesus. Because through an inconvenience, Jesus has put himself in position to minister to somebody that is in need. This is an example, if I could say this before we move on through the story. How many times have you and I found ourselves in inconvenient times and that was when a need was presented? I want somebody to get this. Because the miraculous transformation power flowing out of your life, things that that we would all celebrate and clap to, they do not happen on schedule. It is often done in inconvenient circumstances. Jesus could have easily said, I'm tired. I have no interest to have a conversation. Every one of you have been tired. You might be tired tonight. And you all know what it is. You come home from work. You don't, you don't feel like you really want to talk to anybody. You're just faithful and you show up to the house of God and then you get a text message. Somebody needs something. There's a part of you, if you're honest, you want to throw your phone. Into the pillow, of course. There's a part of you because it's inconvenient. I've got things that I'm doing. I've got my own problems. I've got my own trouble. I've got my own issues that I'm going and dealing with. But then a need shows up. And God reveals something, that there are needs that show up when we are going to be inconvenienced because it positions you 
to be open in a way that you would not be open before. And let me give this example. This is one side of it. When you are frustrated, have you ever noticed the way you speak? You don't care about your tone. You don't care about your volume. Why? Because you're frustrated. And what you think automatically flows out, does it not? Oh, no, nobody in here, but the people on Sunday, right? Automatically, when you're frustrated, it just flows out of you because you're frustrated. But here, there's something that we recognize. When we are, because when we're vulnerable, when we're inconvenienced, there are things that can flow out of our life. And what's going to flow is whatever you have taken the time to put in. And so even though Jesus is inconvenienced and he is at the well, what begins to flow out of him is life and hope and strength. It could be frustration. We could allow it to be frustration and that could be the story. And the story ends with this woman feeling neglected and rejected and God having no time. But that's not how the story ends because God uses inconvenience as an introduction for hope and transformation. Somebody hear me today. Inconvenient times will help position you to make a difference in somebody else's life in a way you never thought possible. So here it is. I move quickly because that's not popular. Nobody wants to be inconvenienced. None of us do, right? However, let me just say this to you. It's in those times that you are to be very careful about how you respond. Because many times it's not just you in the balance but it's somebody else's life. It's somebody else's hope. It's somebody else's strength. And Jesus takes this time, though he's not supposed to be speaking to these women, though he's not supposed to be speaking to the Samaritans, there are significant differences in that culture, in that day and age. They are not supposed to be having this conversation, so much so that when the disciples show up, they're like, oh my goodness. Think about it. They walk up and Peter's like, bro, do you see who he's talking to? He is talking to a Samaritan woman. Why does he do this? Why is he always just, why is he always flipping the script? Why is he always, why is he doing this? I could see them, but it doesn't stop Jesus because that's his purpose. Even though he's weary, even though he's tired, he finds the strength because it is the purpose. It is his plan. And if I can just share this with somebody that may be weary, somebody that may be tired, somebody that a mom, a dad, a single adult uh, uh, running your business, whatever you, that scenario may be, you find yourself weary. Don't let the enemy highlight your weariness as a sign that you don't have purpose. Don't let the enemy trick you that your fatigue that, that your fatigue, that your weariness is a sign that you don't have purpose. No, purpose exists in spite of that. And so as a mom, as a dad, as a single adult, as a business owner, as an employee, you're working and you are going about your business, you are full of purpose. Just because you're weary, just because you're tired, just because you show up on Wednesday and you don't have a lot of energy, that doesn't mean that you don't have purpose. That doesn't mean that you don't have an impact. That doesn't mean that you can't make a difference. Somebody needs to get a hold of this today. There is purpose that flows out of you. And here it is. I move quickly that Jesus is talking to her and he is telling her. And he's saying, look, if you, you, you could give me water and you can get water from here. But this water won't last. You'll get thirsty again. 
And if you only knew who it was that you were talking to, you would be asking me for a drink of water because what I give is eternal life. What I give, you won't be thirsty again. What I give will be a hope. What I, I love this about Jesus. In the middle of other people looking and pointing and saying, who is he talking to? You know who he's talking to? He's talking to the same people on this Wednesday night who may be hurting, who may be confused, who have walked in saying, I'm not even sure of my identity, but God has stopped on a Wednesday night to remind you, you've got purpose. There's things I want to do in your life that nobody else knows about. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus, Jesus doesn't just say hello to her. Jesus calls her out. He reads her mail. He says, go get your husband. She's like, well, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, I told you. I know that. I know. And the, and the last five dudes that you were with, mm-hmm. Think about how awkward it is. She's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Who is this man? And she had no idea. Hear me. The same one that was calling her out was the same one that wanted to give her hope, was the same one that wanted to give her strength, was the same one that wanted to, let me, let me say it to you like this, don't feel like because God would call you out, because God would challenge where you're living today, that he does not care about you, that he leaves you where he found you, no, the same God that I'm preaching about that will call you and I out is the same God that calls you and I out because there is so much potential for your life, because there is so much more. He said, go get your husband. I don't have one. I knew that already. And it's since you were honest with me, now we can deal with some issues. Uh, now we can talk about some things. He says, if you only knew who, I, who, who it was that was talking to you, you would understand. You would be asking me for water. And here in this moment, this woman that is flawed, this woman that has faults, this woman that has shortcomings, just like every one of us, teaches us a lesson. Because we feel like I've got to make sure I've got it all together in order for me to make a difference. I've got to have it all together in order for God to do something in my life. But I love how God just completely wipes that off the board because this is what he does. He came for this one woman, and this is what happens. She comes with the water pot, but notice, the Bible says that she leaves the water pot there. She has, please hear me, she has one conversation with Jesus. One conversation with Jesus, and she realizes what I came here for was not the real reason that I came here for. What I came carrying was of no importance. I could leave this right here because he is exchanging with something greater for my life. If I could speak to somebody on this Wednesday evening, we come into the church carrying something in our life with expectations with just, hear me, she was going to the well for just another drink of water. She was showing up to midweek service just because that's what she felt like she needed to do. It was just another day, Uriel, just another service. But she did not know that Jesus would be at the well and what she thought she needed, what she had been used to carrying, God was showing her, you don't need to carry that. What I'm about to do in your life is bigger than you've ever expected, is greater than anything you can possibly carry. 
What I want to do in your life is something that would not run out. It is a hope. It is a strength. It is a reminder on Wednesday evening for this woman and for that man that what you are going through and what you have carried is not the end of the story. I know you came just as another midweek service. I know you came as just another Wednesday. But he's saying, leave the water pot because what I want to do in your life is completely different than anything you expected. And here she goes. She is not trained. She has not taken any classes. She did not attend seminary. All she did was have a conversation with Jesus. She leaves the water pot and she begins to share the good news. Automatically. Why am I saying this today? Because you think that your voice has to be limited. You think that you don't have an impact. You think that your voice and the influence that you possess won't really matter or really make a difference. But what the Bible shows us is that one woman at the well drops the water pot and she begins running to the city and running through the city saying, come see a man who has told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Somebody get a hold of this. She was not perfect. She was flawed, but she had a voice. She did not have it all together. She had faults, but she had a voice. She did not know everything that the word of God taught, but she had a voice and she had a conversation with Jesus. And that was enough for her to say, I need to tell somebody that I met a man that is different. I met this man, Jesus, that has told me things that nobody else would know. Can I preach to somebody on this Wednesday? It's time to start using your voice. It's time to start sharing what God has done for you. It's time to start opening your mouth and revealing well, I'm not perfect. None of us are. I don't got it all together. None of us can. But I've come to tell you, there is a man. There is a man that is the Christ. He can heal. He can strengthen. He can deliver. He is what you and I need. She doesn't, she doesn't ask permission. She has this encounter with Jesus. And she says, oh, this is good enough. i got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. Why does that matter? Why is that important? Because what we will see and what will begin to unfold, Jesus, you're not even supposed to hang out in Samaria. You're supposed to go around it. You're not supposed to be around these people. But you have the conversation. What happens? He has one conversation, and all of a sudden, she starts preaching. And you know what her message was? Come see this man that told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? That's her message. There were no five points. She did not get a sermon certificate online. She didn't read her Bible in English and Spanish. No. You know what she said? She said, I had this conversation. He told me everything that I ever did. I think this is the Christ. That was her message. And everybody else was like, oh, hold on. I got to check this guy out. Where is he? He told you everything you ever did? Everything I ever did. Everything I ever did. All we read is that he told her that, yeah, the past five husbands weren't yours. That was enough for her. She's like, I try to hide, I try to hide number three. How'd you know about number three? He knew everything. He knew everything. And that was good enough for her to look and say, all right, 
I got to share this with somebody. I, I, I want somebody to get a hold of this on this Wednesday evening. What you have experienced in God is enough to start sharing. I've only been in this a week. I've only been in this year. I want, I want to tell you today, you will never find anybody in this church or any other church that is perfect, that knows it all, that has it all together. Never. But what you will find is people that are simply sharing what God has done in our life. Not perfect, just forgiven. You a perfect Christian? Oh no, no, but come see the man that told me everything I ever did. He's the Christ. You got it all together? Nope, I don't, but let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you how he's a healer. Let me tell you how he saved me. Let me tell you how he brought our children back. Let me tell you how he did something in my life that nobody else could do. When I was afraid and I was scared and I didn't know how I could make it back, he wrapped his arms around me. And as she, I'll move quickly, as she goes and she begins to tell other people, the Bible says that they came to him. They start coming to Jesus. They start coming to Jesus. And meantime, the disciples are so much like us. Maybe not like you, like me. I'm like, hey, Jesus, I went to In-N-Out. I brought you food. It's getting cold. You can read this in the Bible, John chapter number, not In-N-Out. Let me, let me clarify that. But they went and get food, and they're like, Jesus, you need to eat. And Jesus is like, I have meat that you know not of. Peter's like right in the middle of his double-double. What do you mean? Why are you always talking so deep? Just tell me. Always meat you have no none of. Like, well, just tell me. What are you talking about? Come on. He's like us. Getting frustrated. He's fine. I'll eat his fries. Give me the lemonade. And he's like, no, no, no. Because even though this is what the Bible says, he was weary and he's obviously hungry, he still has time for you and I. Because there is nothing, there is nothing that could stand between you and him. And as he is ministering to these people, that is what is filling him. That is the purpose. That is why he came. And these people start coming. I move quickly. They start coming, and this is what they ask him. Remember, this is, this is, this is an example of our God. He's not even supposed to hang out with Samaritans. You think differently. You act differently. Jews don't hang out with us. She literally tells him that. You're not like, uh, what are you doing? Why are you asking me? You don't have anything to do with us. But Jesus is different. And they ask him, not only for a lesson, they say, would you stay with us? Think about this. They've never heard the gospel. They've never, they've never heard Jesus' words. And they say, would you stay with us? We heard what, you, what, what you've done in her life. We've heard it from her. We've heard her testimony. But would you stay with us? And the Bible says this, that he stayed for two days. Not even supposed to be around them. But Jesus does not care what anybody else thinks. He goes to where those are that want him. He goes to those that need him. And he stays two days and they are listening to him. And they are, they are now, they are starting to believe. And this is what the Bible says in verse number 42. They said to the woman, the one that started it all, how powerful is this? How did this revival happen? How did this life group come together, Vinny? How did it really start? How it started was one woman, one imperfect woman at the well. 
had a conversation with Jesus, and it led to other people coming to God. And this is what the other people say to her. Now we believe. Not because of your testimony. Not because of what you said about them. Not because of your experience with them. We believe because we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. As I come to a close on this Wednesday evening, what I challenge and encourage you wonderful people with is that you do not have to be satisfied nor do you have to settle for someone else's experience. You do not need to rely on a story and a testimony from somebody else. I think it's wonderful, I believe it. However, you and I can believe it for ourselves because we can hear his voice for ourselves, because we can read his word for ourselves, because we can have his spirit for ourselves, because we can be baptized in his saving name for ourselves. Can I challenge somebody on this Wednesday evening that God has not walked to a well, but he has walked into this service and he has come looking for someone that is flawed and imperfect. He has come looking for someone that is thirsty, someone that is in need, somebody that may be hurting, somebody that may be confused. And can I tell you today, he has walked into this church for you because he wants you to believe it for yourself that he is the Christ. This is not some made-up story. This is not some fairy tale. This is not some movie. This is not something we just read online. Oh no, this is the gospel. This is the saving gospel. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is your redemption. Would you stand with me all over the sanctuary this evening? They said, we believe what you have said. We believe what has happened in your life. But after spending time with Jesus, we believe it for ourselves. He is the Christ. And today, I don't know if it's healing that you need. I don't know if it's peace, if it's direction, if it's clarity. I don't know if you need to feel love today. I don't know what that may be in your life. But I can tell you this, that you can experience it through him and you can believe it for yourself. You can say, well, that's just a preacher preaching. That's just a singer singing. That's just a worship leader that has had their encounter with God. Yes. I believe it. I believe what Josh is singing. I believe what Tim and Danny are playing. I believe what they are. I believe that. However, I have seen it for myself. I have seen it for myself in my loneliness, in my discouragement, in my troubles, in my struggles. I have seen it for myself. And on this Wednesday evening, he has come and he is here and he has come to show himself to you undeniable. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you're brand new. Maybe you've been in this all your life. However, you need to believe it again for yourself in his presence. You need to hear his voice again on this Wednesday evening. And right here, every eye closed. Every eye closed, every hand, you can lift it, you can put it to your side, however you're comfortable. But right here today, with nobody else watching or paying attention, there is a God that has walked in. There is a God that has walked in. I can see her. How did you know that about me? Oh, I know everything. 
You mean you know all my struggles? Oh, yeah. You mean you know all my shortcomings? Oh, yeah, I'm aware. You mean you know all the things that I'm battling with today? You you mean you know all the struggles that I have? Oh, yeah, I'm fully aware of it. And I actually came here just for you. I came to Samaria for you. This woman doesn't even have a name, but oh, how special she is. This woman didn't realize it, that she would be the foundation of that church in Samaria that later on in Acts chapter number eight, Philip would go back to Samaria and he'd be preaching the gospel and there would be great harvest and revival there. Why? Well, because sometime before there was a woman that showed up at the well. Flaws and shortcomings, but she had a conversation with Jesus. If I could say it like this on a Wednesday night, she had an experience with Jesus and she said, come see, come see a man that knows everything I've ever done. Come see one that knows my faults but still loves me. Come see somebody that knows my shortcomings but still has mercy. Come see somebody that has a love for me in a way that goes beyond what I've ever felt before. And right here on this Wednesday evening, there are people under the sound of my voice or things you're going through, things that nobody else is aware of, things that nobody else would know and it's not their business to know. But God is aware. And he's come to meet you at the well. He's come to, but, but, but I'm not perfect. But you're not even supposed to, I'm not even clean. There's things in my life I'm not proud of. Yeah, I'm aware of all that. But that's why I'm here tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of the struggles. I know that. I know how real it is. I know how tough it is. I know how even tonight you are hesitant to walk in the building. But here you are. I'm aware of that. And I've come to meet you right where you are. Because today wasn't about the water pot. It wasn't about the water. It wasn't about, it wasn't about any of that. It was about you meeting me. And here it is. Believe it for yourself. I've come for you. And tonight, as we begin to sing and we begin to worship, this altar is open. Not for perfection. We don't come to an altar because we've got it all together. We don't come to an altar because everything in our life is perfect or everything in our life is a mess. No, this is just a sign of us. God, I'm responding to your word, not a preacher. I'm responding to your word. And this is an opportunity where I step forward to a place where I, 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 I don't want to be distracted. I just step forward to a place where I lift my hands and I open myself up to you. You know everything going on in my life. You know what I'm happy about and what I'm disappointed in. You know what I'm struggling with and what I'm battling. But I need to believe it for myself again today. Maybe it's somebody that's been in the church a long time and you found, you found yourself discouraged today. Believe it for yourself. Believe it for yourself. Believe it for yourself. I, 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 don't, have a lot, I, I don't have a lot to be proud of. No, you don't have to have what you think everybody else has. This woman, her message, her, her sermon was come see Jesus. Come see this man. This is the Christ. Church family, would you look across? Would you find somebody to pray with? Maybe they're not in an altar. Maybe they're in their seats, but they would be encouraged with somebody to come and pray with them and pray for them. Right here today. Right here today. There's things I'm not proud of, but it's time I believe it for myself. It's time I believe it for myself. I just, I just been working and I just been giving myself and my time to so many other things. I, I, I didn't really realize that God even knew where I was. Oh no, he came to meet you. He came to meet you at the well. He came to meet you. He came to meet you tonight. 
He wants you to see it for yourself again. He wants you to be reminded. He wants you to be reminded. It's not what anybody else says. It's not what anybody else thinks. I'm coming to Samaria for you. I'm coming to mistakes.